You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. Hey there, everybody. Welcome into the Bear Down Chicago podcast. My name is Logan Bradley. It's been a little bit since you've heard my voice. You can find me on Twitter at Bear Down Bradley. Today for the pregame podcast, I'm joined as usual by Brendan Chagru, who you can find at Brendan Chagru. The guys who are not here today, Ryan Dengel, you can find at Ryan Dengel. Jack Wright, you can find at Bear Down Jack. And of course, Patrick Sheldon, who is at P underscore Shells. Brennan, as somebody who didn't really get to completely just focus in on the Bears game last week, I obviously saw the highlights and everything. What was like, what just literally, what was that experience like watching that game? Man, it was, I said it first thing on the post game pod on Sunday, but it was giddy. I was giddy watching it and just seeing the bears like come back. We knew the defense was going to struggle against the Miami offense and things looked really bleak when there was the blocked punt and they went down by two scores, but my God, just watching and knowing that Justin Fields coming back onto the field, he was going to do something special. And you had all, I literally had just all the confidence in the world that this guy is going to lead the team down for a touchdown almost every time. Like I've never felt like that ever just watching a bears offense, knowing that, yeah, we're in good hands. Like this is, I don't have to close my eyes and, you know, pray that just some crazy backbreaking play doesn't happen. But I, I was just, I was just giddy watching them escape pressure make some insane throws that throw to Darnell Mooney and for a touchdown with pressure in his face. I still am watching it over and over, but yeah, it was, it was really awesome. I I loved it. And I'm sorry you, you had other responsibilities. You had to watch the entire football league, but man, it was cool. Yeah. I mean, God, just kind of getting to pay attention, like from people's tweets and stuff, there was obviously a lot of complaints about the defense, which I completely understand because it was atrocious at times. But something that I kind of said is just like, who kind of who cares right in that moment? And then maybe that that's just me personally. That's how I feel just because I we just traded away those two players. I get everybody understands that. But with all the complaints that we've had in Chicago about wanting to see competent offense, I just I guess in my mind that day, I was able to set aside whatever was happening on the defensive side of the ball, whatever the end result was, and just we're going in the right direction. I do admit I struggle with that. And I said it again on the postgame pod because football is two sides. And I don't want to totally discount what's happening on the defense because it is kind of in a sense. I know we traded away two guys. It is a little scary that they gave up like just back to back blowouts in terms of you know, letting up a ton of points and yards, but bringing it back to Justin Fields. I know you told me this before, but I just want to kind of like ask about your game day situation, working where you work, you're with Mm. other people, right? Like it's kind of like a war room. Yeah. So, okay. When you're watching like the Justin Fields highlights, 
what was everybody else saying? Like, I, I kind of want to hear their reactions as non Bears fans. Yeah, and it's it's similar to just it's like you're more in a group of people where so everybody's so engrossed in the NFL and knows so much. And the the cool thing about being there and being in that group of people is every person is a fan of a different team. I mean, you have Falcons fan, you have a Jets fan, you have every, we have Packers fans in the office, every type of fan. And so like, obviously coming into this year, there are plenty of games where the bears are the laughing stock, but I'm going to be annoying regardless in that group. So whenever the bears this year have done anything remotely exciting, I'm like super bowls back on guys. And I'm the person just saying that in the room. Everyone is probably like, shut up, Logan, please. But now that Justin Fields has started doing these things, like it was a joke at one point, like in that room, but now Justin Fields is doing these things. And I'm seeing people who are fans of other teams, literally like be jealous of the fact that we have Justin Fields, which is, just such a just a feeling that I'm not used to at all but it's it's such a cool environment to watch games and just with everybody having different perspectives and different teams they're rooting for that's awesome and it feels like that's the national narrative too lately so the last couple days it's like in that it's like in those tv shows where you're scrolling through channels and literally every single person is talking about the same thing like a like a big Mm -hmm. news story everywhere you went all the national media members have just been praising Justin Fields, like Michael Irvin, Ryan Clark, Emmanuel Acho, first take, like all of that. You can't get away from it. It's something we've never seen when it comes to the Bears quarterback. And it just, I feel like as being as jaded as I am, I'm just waiting for the rug to get pulled out from underneath us. Like, okay, this is all just some big joke. This is a dream because this, it really doesn't feel real. And it's, it's incredible. It doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't, but you know what you, myself, the rest of the bears fans ride this ride as long as we can. I hope we're watching Justin Fields do this for many games, many years to come. Before we get into things, I, as you can see, probably through the Zoom and nobody else can see, I have some wild and crazy hair right now. I wish I was in the Chicagoland area because if I was, I would go to Sheridan's Barbershop. Sheridan's is located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 68 years with six barbers open six days a week, Monday through Saturday. They have appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience. You can go to SheridansBarbershop.com or call 630-668-0137 to book today. Sheridan's Barbershop, where traditional meets modern. Logan, you know what I did recently for the first time in, I don't know, let's say five years? What'd you do? I went out into the city of Chicago on Halloween weekend Ooh, on Saturday fun. night. It, Jealous. It, it was fun. And I, I, part of me, it was for a buddy's birthday. It was a great time. Part of me was kind of dreading getting down there because being from the suburbs, I'm older, you know, <laughs> you never know what you're going to you know, walk into or whatever, but it was a great time. I got to see some friends I hadn't seen in a little bit and we started talking and they're actually wanting to move out to the suburbs, you know, like me. And I'm very excited about that. I told them they need to call Jeff Cadwallader. It's a true story. I said, Jeff has been sponsoring the podcast. He's a great friend of the show. He's out there even just for questions because they felt overwhelmed when they were trying to get, you know, dip their toes into the water. And I said, you need to even just text Jeff any questions you have. So, I mean, interest rates are up, but prices are up. 
Is real estate really dead? It's not. Because when you have questions, Jeff Cadwallader with Ad Properties, Christie's International has your answers. Jeff's 15 years of experience has been featured in Chicago Magazine and even Forbes because of his commitment to his clients. To connect with Jeff, visit GenevaJeff.com today. We have a game. I was about to be like, we're going into a Lions week here. We're trying to get two wins in a row just because mentally I feel like we won last <laughs> week, but I realized we didn't. Regardless, we are. We do have the Detroit Lions this weekend, a noon kickoff. The Bears have dominated the Detroit Lions as of late, winning seven of their last eight matchups against the Lions. That lone loss, when I looked into it, I remembered it immediately, came on December 6, 2020, which was a gigantic fourth quarter collapse by the Bears. Looking at the Lions last week, of course, they beat the ever so terrible at the moment Green Bay Packers 15 to 9 and the Lions snapped a five game losing streak of their own that was just a beautiful thing to watch with how much I, that was one of the games actually I was paying attention to more and those interceptions by Aaron Rodgers just I know I'm not even talking about the Lions at this point they were horrible they were horrible and it feels good to be able to say that as a fan of a team with a good quarterback um, but anyway no they did beat the Packers Offensively for the Lions, they kind of have a two-headed monster at running back with DeAndre Swift, who has been very limited the last two weeks, I believe, with a shoulder injury. They've kind of been easing him back into things. And they also have Jamal Williams, who's a very solid second back. He's kind of been their goal line guy. And obviously, he played a very important role with Swift being out. Now, when you talk about pass catchers on the Lions, you have to initially start with Amon Ross St. Brown, who is one of the real ascending young talents in the NFL, obviously the brother of Economius St. Brown on the Bears. At this point, really, he's the Lions' only real legit pass catching threat that people need to sort of be aware of with TJ Hawkinson having just been traded to the Vikings. I know the Lions have a few young pass catchers, but really he's the guy that you want to keep your eye on. Defensively, there's not a whole lot. Kirby Joseph, I know last week, picked off Aaron Rodgers twice. Uh, but other than that, rookie Aiden Hutchinson, who they selected real high in the draft, a defensive end out of Michigan. He's having a nice first year with four and a half sacks to go along with three tackles for a loss. So it's a game where you're going into and you sure hope that the Bears are able to string together another nice offensive performance. So with that in mind, Brennan, the, the Bears have had some major red zone success the last few weeks after just it was a nightmare against the commanders at home on Thursday night a few weeks ago. Um, what do you think is the biggest difference that has made the Bears better and more successful in the red zone the last few weeks? I know there's probably many factors, but what what are you looking at? It is really difficult to try and pinpoint it down to like, just one. So I guess something I have seen a lot, uh, I've seen improved in the last few weeks is Justin Fields' accuracy. You look back to the commander's game, that disastrous throw to Ryan Griffin. I know people want to say that maybe that was the tight end's fault, but you know what? Justin Fields missed him. He, and credit to Esteban Rodriguez. He's one of our podcast followers. He's, he's a great dude. He pointed this out. The Bears have run a similar version of that play at least twice since then with Cole Komet, and they've hit it. I mean, Justin Fields is accurate coming out of the pocket there. He's hitting guys where they need to be. He's He feels more confident, I think, passing in the red zone, mainly altogether. But when you get down to you know brass tacks, 
and a short field there. You really need to be pinpoint accurate. And I think you've just seen that happen. Um, we saw it with Nikhil Harry in the Cowboys game, him getting that one-on-one coverage, hit him right in the numbers, another tight uh, touchdown to Cole Komet fields rolling out, hitting Cole Komet uh, again. I mean, I think the Darnell Mooney pass was also in the red zone or it was just, just outside of it. But I feel like the accuracy is probably the biggest thing. And he's improved. Like, let's just say he wasn't as accurate earlier in the season. He's worked his way up to that. He's progressed to it. But I'll just throw out an honorable mention. I think because teams are really trying to contain Justin Fields, keep spies on the edges, make sure he doesn't get out there. It does open up some avenues for up the gut running. So like Khalil Herbert, you know, maybe not as you're stacking the box, but there's a little more room to run, especially if you're going up the middle there. So uh, those are my two things, but definitely the accuracy for sure. The last thing that you touched on was kind of what I was going to say. I think it's, I mean, a lot of what has opened this offense up, I think is strictly the threat of Justin Fields legs at this point and his confidence in knowing that he can do that whenever he needs to. On top of that, I think just generally you can talk about the red zone with this, or you can talk about the bears offense in general, but I just think the sort of the diversification of play calling that Luke Getze has deployed when it comes to, I don't know, running like jet sweeps with a guy like Cole Komet and and just different types of things that we have not seen from the Bears in a long time. I just think that now it's probably a lot harder for defenses to be game planning against a team like the Bears where they're not like, well, okay, they're going to get in the red zone and they're just going to run the ball three times and kick a field goal. So I think that defenses have to key in on a lot more things, which probably has opened up a lot for the Bears. Defensively, my question for you, Brendan, is obviously things did not go well last week. And so with that in mind, just give me a guy maybe outside of a big one like a Jalen Johnson or like that who you just would like to see step up or maybe be put in a bigger position to succeed. So I guess somebody who should step up better and make more plays is Nicholas Morrow. Now, he's not the star linebacker like Roquan Smith is, but now that he's kind of transitioned into that signal caller the Bears have, he had an atrocious game against the Dolphins. I mean, he just was whiffing on guys. He looked slow. He looked lost. And we really need him to step up to really control that defense, take control of that unit as a whole. So, I need to see a lot more from Nicholas Morrow. I know Jack Sanborn is kind of coming into his own. He's got the new starting spot. And I thought, especially for coming in as an undrafted rookie free agent, he played pretty well. You know, I think he had like seven, eight tackles or so. He was able to chase down Tyreek Hill, which is insane. (laughs) But if I'm looking for somebody specifically to step up to help this defense get back on track, it is Nicholas Morrow. For me, a guy that I just feel like I haven't heard his name enough is Travis Gibson. He was in on 74% of snaps last week and had just a single quarterback pressure. Uh, I don't think I need to tell you that those numbers need to be bumped up. I also know it's just really just as a whole, the front seven, it's going to be really tough the rest of the year just because you don't have a guy anymore there that's going to take the attention of offenses to try to almost neutralize in a way. So you're really asking a lot, I think, of a lot of guys who are at at this point, at least in their NFL career, are either young or are kind of middling talents. But I know Travis Gibson has that talent. He has he's very athletic. So he's that guy that I really would I would like to see him step up and hear his name called a little bit more. 
Has he been the most disappointing player on defense for the Bears this year? Yeah, you could probably point to a few people, but he's for me, he's he's a big one of them because I know he's a guy I talked about preseason that I wanted to see more from. And it just it, it he flashed, I feel like, early in the season, but there yeah. really hasn't been much lately. Yeah, I, he was a very popular breakout candidate. And you can argue that he broke out last year with multiple forced fumbles. I think he had like seven and a half, eight sacks. I'm not looking at the stat sheet right now. But yeah, he had one great game against the Packers and that was pretty much it. So you're, I, he was second on my list for somebody who just needs to start like even showing up. Um, yeah. yeah, that that's a good call. Well, as good as the Lions offense has been, you know, they were good early in the season. They haven't been quite as good lately. It, it feels like it could be a get right spot for the Bears defense. I don't expect them to completely shut the Lions down by any means, but you'd hope that you could see some improvements from last week. With that being said, we'll go into our predictions now. We will start with the boys who are not here today. Ryan Dangle, uh, Patrick Sheldon, and Jack Wright. They all have similar outcomes with the Bears scoring 30-plus points. So starting with Ryan Dangle, he has the Bears winning this one 31-24. Patrick Sheldon has the Bears winning it 34-20. And Jack Wright has a little bit more of a blowout with the Bears prevailing 33-14. to Brendan, what are you feeling? I'm scared, but I've got a blowout. <laughs> I've got the Bears at 38 to 24. I think mm-hmm. just this is going to be another high scoring game. Why pick against the Bears to score less than 30 when they should have had it against the Cowboys, really? They went for two and fortunately didn't get it with 29. But I mean, this line's defense, you said it. Aaron Rodgers threw some horrendous picks. I think they've got some playmakers, but they're definitely not unbeatable. And I think this is another opportunity, especially playing at home, coming off of this performance of the offense in general, that they can continue those good vibes and keep scoring more than 30 points. Real quickly, Jared Goff has thrown an interception in all but two games this year. And yes, the Lions do have the fourth most efficient red zone offense, scoring a touchdown 71% of the time on the year. I know they've slowed down a little bit when when they get into the red zone at least. But this probably is an opportunity for the defense, maybe to, not to stop the Lions, but to get some turnovers and to kind of get their swagger back a little bit. So points will probably still be scored, but I'm looking for the defense to come away with at least two takeaways. We do love turnovers indeed. I'm going to go Bears 30, Lions 27. I do think this will probably be a closer game. Maybe if last week hadn't happened for the Lions and they hadn't beaten the Packers, I'd have them crushing the Bears. But I think that the Lions can probably ride a little bit of momentum in here. They're definitely going to score some points uh, against this Bears defense. But with us all saying that the Bears are scoring 30-plus points, as we were talking now, I'm thinking that's that's interesting because I wonder what the Bears' projected total is for betting purposes. 25.5 points is the over-under for Bears points. So I don't know. If we're, we're all professional, smart football guys, if five of us are saying we're going to score more than that, I might just have to bet it. I have no other choice. Look, we're we're not doing the we're not doing the gambling segment yet, but I think mm-hmm. we should just take the Bears off the table because I'm hammering the over in that game mm-hmm. easily. Oh. You, easily. So you you took the over last week, right? Too. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I got that it was forty five and a half bet of my life. <laughs> like just not even easiest, but just most enjoyable bet to just sit back and 
just take the free money that was given to me. Oh yeah. It, it pretty much hit in the first half, I think, or it was very, very yes. close. And, yes. you know, I'm, I'm still peeped up now that I, now that I'm bringing it up. So I had, so I, I just bet the bears by themselves, but then I did another parlay with uh, the bears over plus Justin Fields rushing yards over easiest hit ever. Mm-hmm. Please keep betting it until they make it like a hundred yards. Yeah. And even then I still might do it. And then Darnell Mooney over 43 and a half yards. He finished with 43. Uh, they Vegas knows what they're doing. It's always a, a nice little reminder when something like that happens. I actually have a nice little betting. Uh, I had a futures parlay. We'll talk about that in betting, but it's it's kind of devastating what happened. Uh, quickly, we'll, we'll touch on some fantasy stuff. Um, I just want to talk about two guys who you might want to own down the stretch. I think for the most part, my fantasy advice on here, to be honest with you, has been trash. I do still stand by my Cortland Sutton take of just buying low on him. Like I, I still think that you can do that coming off the bye week. I'm not saying you should spend a lot to get him, but I think you just send out a flyer. He's, he's, he's going to produce something at some point. So if you just need a wide receiver, I think he's a good guy, but two guys that I wanted to talk about. First of all, Cole Komet, I think the tight end position, I, it's not a hot take to say that the tight end position is horrific unless you have Travis Kelsey at this point, because even Mark Andrews is hurt. So the way that the bears are using, using Cole Komet, which is the key word is just very interesting. I know that he had the two touchdowns, so that maybe makes it more obvious at this point. And maybe he's owned already, but he, he got two handoffs this past week. So it's obvious that Luke Getze is making concerted effort to get Cole Komet involved. And I think that with fields advancing as a passer week by week, I think that he could be a easy top 12 tight end the rest of the year. And then the second guy who is a known commodity and who is obviously universally owned, he's a guy you would have to trade for if you don't already own him. But Tony Pollard on the Cowboys, just because Zeke is banged up and maybe he'll play the, the rest of the year. I don't, it, you know, he's not going to be out for an extended period of time. I think he's questionable for this week, but he's just Tony Pollard doesn't need a lot of touches. He's an efficient player. He's a guy who I'm sure managers do value who have him, but I still just think he's being undervalued because of how dynamic he is as a runner. And he catches passes better than a lot of running backs in the league. So those are two people that I'm definitely eyeing down the stretch to to hopefully snag and hold on to. I've got both of those guys. How about that? Good for you, Brian. I you know. must be, are you undefeated then? You must be undefeated. Uh, I am a combined, I think it's 15 and three. Wow. Okay. That's actually way better than I thought. <laughs> are you playing with just a bunch of degenerates just to don't know football? It's no way. No, Brian I'm honestly... I'm playing incredible defense because I'm not scoring that much points, but just teams are running into buzz saws when <laughs> they're they scared. Me. <laughs> they're scared. It's kind of average, but uh, no, I've had, so I had Cole Komet as my starting tight end in, I, we were talking before it's a league where you only get 16 waiver pickups mm. per year. And I was like, Oh boy, I'm in trouble. Cause he's literally not scoring any points at all. So I held on to him, had Evan Ingram the last few weeks. He's been helping me a lot. And now I just feel rewarded for my patience for Cole Komet because I should I probably should have dropped him early on, but I'm like, nah, this he's gonna get it right. I believe in my boy. That's impressive. Yeah, I, yeah, I think I owned him in one league and I dropped him very early. Well, you just very didn't early. believe. I didn't. I didn't. I'll tell you that straight up. 
All right, we will get into the the meat of this show, and I do I do have something to express as we enter into our bigger betting betting period here. Brendan, two weeks ago, he went two and zero. That's he right, two and zero on his picks. I went one and one. So at this point in the year, I do believe if if I have it down correct, I am seven and seven, and Brendan, I believe you are seven and five. So pretty strong, pretty strong. You're a full game ahead of me. I think I'm nine and seven technically, because I think I had two more picks that were one and one. But either way. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, who knows? We'll, we're not we'll we're not keeping that close. <laughs> yeah. Generally speaking, though, people look, we're doing okay. Okay. It's like, you know, I'm hovering at five hundred and Brendan's obviously doing well too. But Brendan, how about you uh you give me your first pick for this week? Before I do that, I want to I just want to get your reaction on this. Okay. Three weeks ago. I put a future on the Seattle Seahawks to win the Super Bowl. Mm. And you know what? It's looking pretty. Yeah, I'm what? not not saying it's going to happen. Sure. But you just see that cash out start to rise and rise. And I'm like, I'm feeling pretty good about that. So what, I shouldn't have said you, it. I shouldn't have said it. No, you shouldn't have. Because, well, they're not going to win the Super Bowl. I but what, what did you get it at? I got it at plus 8,000. Mm. Yeah, why not? Yeah, throw a few bucks down. I threw five, six bucks on it. And, you know, you again, you just see that cash out start to rise. You're like, okay, things are things are happening. I think they're mm-hmm. at uh, 3,000 now. So that's pretty good. That's significant. But anyway, right. just wanted to brag about that quickly. Hopefully I can get it, get that cash out high enough to, you know, make a little profit because I know they're not winning yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Make, make a, a, a couple cheap bucks there. Actually, while we are on that subject, I, about a month and a half ago, I was down to like, I was struggling. I was down to like literally my last $8 in an account before I was putting anything left. So I'm like, all right, let's put it on three awards, like futures. So this was about a month and a half ago. I did one leg was Micah Parsons defensive player of the year. Got it up plus 100. He's minus 225 now. Second leg was Geno Smith comeback player of the year. I got it at plus 1000. Oh, wow. He's now, he's now minus 125. And then the third leg was Brees Hall offensive rookie of the year and I got him at plus 600 and then two the two weeks after I placed it he went off and went to like plus 100 for it. Wait, and you parlayed that? I parlayed all three of them. It was 8 to win $1300. And right now if Brees Hall had not torn his ACL, I would probably be looking at a very realistic shot at the very least of that winning. That sucks. I know. And oh. on top of when he got hurt, I had him in like my big fantasy league, it was just such a devastating injury for me just all around. Wow. Oh, but you. yes, uh, on that note, you know, I hope, I hope your yours works out better than mine, Brendan. Take that well, cash out, maybe. I, I will. I'm definitely, we'll, we'll, I just want to get them to the playoffs first. Let's yeah. see how that works. No, that's fair. No, yeah. definitely don't do it now. <laughs> definitely not now. All right. Well, that being said, let's hear your first pick for this week. All right, my first pick is the Browns. They're getting three and a half versus Miami. Of course, you know the Browns. They're the ones that ruined our uh, perfect 4-0 streak we could have had two weeks ago, but that's okay. That's all right. The Browns are coming off a – they're coming off a bye, I believe. And they they played really good football against the Bengals. I know that was the first game that they were missing Jamar Chase. And I I think Miami's kind of vulnerable. They – did not cover against the Bears. They barely covered against the Lions two weeks ago. And the Browns defense is much better than both of those defenses. So I think coming off those two 
big wins that they've had, you know, really a lot of offense. I'd like the Browns to keep this close. Maybe they even win. I don't know. I'm Mike McDaniel said it best. He's like, don't sleep on the Browns. Like these, I, and I don't think that's coach speak. I think he's legitimately like this defense can, you know, mess us up a little bit. So I like the Browns. Yeah, I do like that pick. My first pick is uh, Thursday night unders have just been kind of my bread and butter recently. So I'm going to go that same direction and go Falcons Panthers under 42 and a half NFC South just screams unders at this point. The Panthers don't really do a whole lot for me. You know, PJ Walker has been decent. The Falcons can weirdly score points sometimes with Marcus Mariota, but I think this is a game where both teams are probably going to run the ball a lot. They're on short rest. I just feel like 42 and a half points is, is a, a few too many. So that will be my first pick. Uh, how about your second, Brendan? I like that pick. My second is the Commanders plus 11 versus the Eagles. It's too many points. Way too many Simple points. Simple as that. I mean, Commanders are playing some decent football where they're in every game. They've been in every game for the last month and almost month and a half. Every game's been a one-score game. I know the Eagles are coming off a bye week. No, they're not coming off a bye week. No, they're coming off long rest. I'm sorry. I can't. I'm, mm-hmm. It's bye week hell That's right hard. now. Hey, we are in the know. middle. We are grinding <laughs> through an NFL season right now, Brennan. I don't expect you to remember that the Eagles played on Thursday Night Football. It feels like a bye. Yeah, I guess the yeah. Texans too. And that was during the World yeah. Series. So nobody is watching mm-hmm. that. <laughs> but yes, the Eagles are coming off long rest again. But they're dealing with some injuries. Taylor Heineke has the commanders playing decent football. And Taylor Heineke on primetime. I just, it feels like something where at the very least, this is going to be a backdoor cover. So I like the commanders plus 11. Not just podcast speak, but actually like I I do like that bet a lot. Whenever there's an inner division, like I don't care. I, I think the Eagles are a very good team. I think they're obviously playing very well. But whenever you have an inner divisional game, especially with a quarterback like Taylor Heineke, who seems to keep the commanders in games that they shouldn't, that is definitely a lot of points. So that's something I, I personally will look into. My second play is going to be Titans minus two versus the Broncos. I think I've talked about it before, but I am kind of weary at times of buying teams coming off of a successful week, which the Titans had in beating the Chiefs. Or no, they did not beat the Chiefs on the road. That just felt like they kind of felt like it. (laughs) It did. It felt like that. But still, it feels like you're kind of buying high here and sort of selling low on the Broncos coming off a bye week. I, I, I don't know. I just... Titans minus two. Mike Vrabel is a hell of a coach. I really think he is. He keeps that team in games that that no one would expect them to be in. And at home against the Broncos, only two points. I I trust Mike Vrabel and the Titans to get it done this time around. So this is the week that I go to. And I was lying the last week or two weeks ago when we did this. So this is it. The Bengals just ran out of time, ran out of time, and they didn't have Jamar Chase. So, they, I, think I mean, you, no. yeah, you it, made that pick before that injury came out, I believe. Uh, let's say that I did. I even <laughs> if I did. Let's just say that. Let's say that I did. But regardless, that that pick was not close. The Bengals just didn't. No, know. I will say I didn't. I, I didn't want to tell you this, but I got a little. Uh, it felt felt good about the Browns, and so I, I put oh. some put some money on the money line. Brendan, that's know. why it didn't happen. It's not because of any of my analysis or anything. It's because you 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 jinxed it. And I was coming off a heater too. Like I oh. had a good weekend that weekend too. So Brendan, it's probably I, my fault. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was personal. It's okay. Games. 
It's okay, because you know what? Just a second of bragging, I am on a heater now all of a sudden. NBA player props are just, are, I am running them right now. So if anybody wants some of those, just slip in my DMs and I'll, I'll give you a winner or two. I, I want some, please. <laughs> okay. okay, tonight, let's, here, I'll just put this out in the open. Uh, Deer and Fox tonight, over 29 and a half points and rebounds. This is Wednesday night, so you all are going to probably miss it, but that's, that's what I'm on. Bunch of random ones. Anyway, guys, we always appreciate you all listening. For Jack Wright, Brennan Chigrew, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, and myself, Logan Bradley, we really appreciate all of you listening. And as always, bear down, Chicago.